Hello and welcome to the First Dan Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another interview. We've got a two-time guest on. We've got Dana Shoulders Jr. with us today. Dana, how we doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's it's awesome to have you back. You know, the last time we talked, you were in the middle of your rookie season with the Omaha Beef. Um, tell us, how did, how did it finish up for you? How did that rookie year end up going? So, um, actually, uh, it ended up not working out with me and the Beef. So, um, I ended up getting released from there. Uh, and then about two days later, I got picked up as a free agent from another team in the same league um, by the name of the Southwest Kansas Storm. Um, and I ended up finishing my rookie year out with them. Okay. So that's, I mean, so that kind of first question there, what is that like, you know, as a professional athlete, when you get told, hey, we're moving on, and then you go into the kind of free agent mode again, what is that process like? What are the emotions like for you? Um, so honestly with the, with the beef, it was like something I kind of saw coming, uh, things just weren't, they weren't working out, uh, on either end. Um, so basically as soon as I got released, um, it was really just kind of a waiting game. Um, I was having some difficulties with my car at the time. So I was still in Omaha longer than I wanted to be. Um, and during that time I ended up getting picked up by another team. Um, and it's basically, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry, man. You get you get signed to another team, and they want you to get to the next city as fast as you possibly can. So, um, you know, I got signed earlier in the week, and they were wanting me there, you know, by Thursday or Friday so that I could get a practice in, and I ended up playing that exact same week with that new team. So what was that like? Because, I mean, if you've only gotten one practice in, I'm going to guess you really have not gotten used to any of your defensive teammates, any scheme, anything like that. So what was that whole experience like? Dude, that day was – that it was like a two-day stretch of just nothing but crazy. Um, so I left Omaha. It was like a six-hour drive to get to, to get to Kansas. Um, and then that night uh, I rode eight and a half hours to South Dakota because that's where our, we had an away game. Um, and basically, I met all the guys in the, in the locker room during pregame meal. They kind of gave me a crash course of some of the stuff we do. Um, and then we went out and we played and ended up winning a ball game. So you said you ended up finishing your rookie year with the Storm, correct? Yes. So what was that experience like? And once you kind of got settled in with them, how, how do you feel you did your rookie year? Not bad, but honestly, like, me being a realist, I feel like I left a lot of food on my plate, so to speak. Um, I just know I'm capable of so much more than than I than I put out on the field. Um, it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means, but nowhere near what I was wanting or what I know I'm capable of. So this next year and this entire offseason for me has really just been about like getting back to my getting back to myself, playing with a chip on my shoulder. So what is what is the training process look like now? Obviously, Champions Indoor, the season wrapped up. Um, we recently had Bobby Fralick on, who was a QB within that same league. Um, you know, and a lot of you guys are looking for other opportunities. What's it look like for you now that Champions Indoor has wrapped up? For now, man, it's just uh, like so free agency just opened up for the IFL. So um, a lot of guys that are in the CIF, they look to, to move up. 
So that's what I'm looking to do right now. But um, I am still willing to go back and play for a team in the CIF. Um, but as far as just training, man, I just – I get up every day at about 6.15. Um, I go, I get my work in, and then you know, I just continue with the rest of my day. So are you playing – are you looking to continue to play on the edge of the D-line or are you kicking inside to D-tackle? I mean, looking at you, you look, you look pretty thinned out right now, man. You look pretty stout. So what are we, what, what are we training for right now? Yeah, man, I, I'm trying to stay out on the edge. That's, uh, that's my natural position. Um, they, they put me on the interior a bit uh, in college, and I did okay. Um, you know, I was still able to, you know, get the accolades that I got, but I was still playing out of position. And to be, to be quite honest, man, at this level, I'm, I'm far too undersized to be in the interior of the defensive line. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking to stay out on the edge and just try to make plays out there. So you talked about the IFL a little bit, you know, folks don't realize sometimes how many different indoor professional leagues there are here in this country. So what does that process look like? Obviously you're linked up with an agent, so I'm sure they're doing a lot of the footwork for you. So is it just, you know, these teams contacting your agent at this point and you just kind of weigh in the offers? Yeah, man. Um, basically that's in, that's what happens. They, uh, once free agency opens up for these different leagues, um, they start, scouting well they've probably already been scouting for a while now so then they start um contacting agents contacting different players um slowly but surely starting to send out contracts um so free agencies started for the ifl um maybe a few days ago uh I, like friday of last week maybe um so it's, it's still early so yeah man that's a lot of players we just we wait and we we prepare and we, we prep and when that offer comes, if it's if it's the right fit for us, then yeah, then we just go from there. So, for folks who don't know, you also have quite the presence on Twitter with your opinions. You are a Cowboys fan, um, so I've I got to get into a little bit of opinions with you because you and I share the same love for football. Not only you know playing it, but also we we're both opinionated. So, mm. your Cowboys, Dak, he gets hurt. Sounds like the season's over. You guys look terrible week one, 19-3 against the yeah. Bucks. But what's up with Cooper Rush, man? Did, did you know that Cooper Rush could do that? So, listen, man, last year, Cowboys are rolling, and something happens with Dak. I don't know if they arrested him because he had, like, some soreness somewhere or what happens. But he steps in in an away game at Minnesota, and he leads us through that entire game. And then the final drive of the game, he takes us down and – he ends up winning the game for us. So, like, I knew Cooper Rush was capable of doing what he did Sunday, but with the Bengals having just come off of a, a near Super Bowl uh, champion season and the offense that they have returning, I was worried. I was like, are we going to be able to, to put up enough points? But, I mean, Cooper Rush did it. And most importantly, Micah Parsons, that kid, that dude, is he's different, man. You know, your guys' defense as a whole just looks better this year. You know, you and I, you know, we interact on Twitter some, and I told you I really like what Malik Hooker is doing at safety for mm -hmm. you guys. How do you feel, though, with Dak still being out? Do you feel like Cooper Rush can weather the storm and keep you guys in it in the NFC East, or do you think maybe this is Philly's year in the East? So it's, it's difficult to say, man, because when it comes to backup quarterbacks, a lot of them can come in for a game or two, maybe even three or four, and they can they can win some games for you. They can keep you around. But, I mean, it's such, it's such high-level football, man. Once they start getting film, 
then they they start to know what to take away and they start to know how to play guys. Um, in our division, um, the Giants, they're looking better, but I'm still not sold on them. I guess we'll see uh, next Monday. But, yeah, man, the Eagles right now, that's who I'm, that's who I'm kind of eyeing for the Cowboys. we got to split with them at least this year. Um, by that time, Dak should be back. So, hopefully, hopefully we can split with those guys. You know, and I have to ask you about a former high school teammate of yours as well. You know, you and I are both from Northeast Ohio. You went to Lexington High School there in the Mansfield area, played with a guy named Cade Stover. Cade Stover right now is with the Buckeyes, Ohio State. My man put on a clinic against Toledo. Can you talk about what it was like playing with Cade when he was in high school? Did you know that he was going to be this good, and did you think he would be this good at tight end when you were playing with him? Honestly, I I mean, I knew as a freshman that he was good. Like, you can tell he was he was a, a head above the rest of the kids his age. Um, so, yeah, I knew he was going to be something. Um, I definitely did not think it would be at tight end at the, at that division one power five level, but I mean, I got to give it to him, man. All the stuff I hear from all the Buckeye insider pages that I read and all the info I read, he's just a football player, man, like defensively, offensively, wherever you put him, he's been a leader and I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see him doing his thing. So what do you think about the Buckeyes this week? They play Wisconsin, you know, I, the offense looks amazing, but you're a defensive guy. Do you feel that Jim Knowles has turned the defense around? I couldn't be happier, to be honest with you. Um, in my 23 years of living, I had not been used to seeing an Ohio State defense give up yards and give up touchdowns the way they had these past two years. So it was something that was very taboo for me. Um, and then for them to come out week one against Notre Dame and give up one touchdown um, – I was match made in heaven for me. So I, I want to get back in a little bit to, you know, you playing in the CIF, you know, again, on this show, we like to talk about the talent level and educate people, you know, you and I obviously are football fans and we know the level, the talent at the D one and, you know, the NFL, but who are you playing with there in Kansas? That was, you know, some names that we need to watch out for anyone getting opportunities outside of the CIF that you were playing with. Yeah. So we actually had a bunch of different guys, um, get some XFL uh, workouts and we actually had a guy that like right after the, our season ended, ended up getting called up to the IFL and he ended up balling out, um, throw out a few names, um, a guy named Draco. That's what we call him. His name is like Sean Draco. Honestly, we never call him by his full name. We all just call him Draco, but he, he plays safety. He led the CIF in interceptions. And I mean, I, he's, he's a flat out dog. Like there's really nothing else to say about it. Um, Offensive lineman by the, by the name of Jeremy West. Uh, we call him Jay West, though. Um, I mean, we had a bunch of dogs on the team, man. Honestly, like a lot of guys from Power 5 schools um, on both sides of the ball. So it's, it's hard for me to, to name every single one because then I have to sit here and basically just talk about the entire roster. So you, you alluded to it right there. You played with Power 5 guys there in the CIF, and you yourself went to a D3 school in Bluffton. So talk a little bit about, you know, you've seen the D3 talent at Bluffton against the colleges you guys played against, and you've now played with the Power 5 talent. What to you is the biggest difference between the two? Honestly, man, is it's hard for me to say because a lot of the Power 5 guys that I was going against or playing with, um, they were either skill position guys or they were in the back end. Um, but if I had to pinpoint one thing, about just the difference, 
it's mostly with the guys up front in the trenches, uh, just the size and the speed of some of the guys. Um, you can tell that there's a difference for sure. So, you know, CIF is indoor, IFL indoor. Are you looking to maybe get back out into the open grass as well? Or do you kind of like, you know, having the wall and being indoors? Honestly, yeah, man, the, the ultimate goal is to get back outdoors as quick as possible. Um, for simply just because, like, that's the football we all know, uh, that the majority of people know. It's the, it's the football that you and I both were taught how to play. Um, and with indoor, it's, it's very different. You almost have to learn how to play the game a completely different way. Um, and on top of that, man, just the contracts and the money with, with these outdoor leagues is just a lot better. So yeah, that that's the ultimate goal. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm patient. I'm willing to put in the work and and you know pay my dues until I can get to to these higher contracts and these bigger leagues. You know, and for folks who don't realize, the CIF actually has its own app, so you can watch the games. These are actually really fun and exciting games to watch. High offense, you know. So I have to ask you about the fan experience because watching it on TV, you know, they have a deal with Roku, so you can plug it right on your Roku. It's fun to watch. So what's it like, you know? What was the fan experience like? Did you guys draw big crowds? What was the interaction like for you as a player? Yeah, so when I was in Omaha, uh, they've act, they've got one of the best fan bases in the entire league. Um, those people really come out to support the beef. Um, so shout out to those guys. But it's so it's crazy because in in a regular football stadium, you've got so much separation between the sidelines and the fans. With indoor ball, those people who have seats right there by the wall they see everything they hear everything they can touch you like and i mean it, it's a cool experience man it definitely that's one thing that i enjoy more so about indoor is that the fans seem a lot more uh interactive just because they are a lot closer you know and we talked a little bit about the high school you went to the lexington Minutemen. you know you guys just pulled off a huge win this past friday against worcester you know yeah. that was a game that you know my high school i went to west holmes you know and we're, we're so far so good, you know, in the OCC for us. We're undefeated, you know, being carried by our star running back, Sam Williams-Dixon. And that kid, I mean, who knows where he's going to go. I think he's got offers from Penn State, Tennessee, and the like. But you guys beat Worcester last week. You know, Lexington obviously produced talents like you, produced talent like Cade Stover. Can you talk a little bit about what, you know, Northeast Ohio high school football is like? We all hear about Georgia Alabama, Texas, California football. Talk a little bit about the high school football that we're used to, though. Dude, honest, Ohio, Ohio high school football is so underrated. Like, we get we get overlooked because of you know the flashiness out west in California, and you know the the football that they have down south. But man, we have good hard nosed football and really good athletes here in Ohio, um, and a lot of talent. I mean, you know, a lot of talent produced just from our conference alone. Um, so yeah, man, I feel like we don't get the love that we, that we deserve, but I feel like slowly but surely that the tide's going to change. You know, and looking at our conference alone, you got Cade. We talked about playing down at Ohio state uh, kid. We played against in high school from uh, Madison, Mansfield, Madison, Tyrell Asian. Uh, yeah. He's starting safety down there at the university of Kentucky. That's a top 10 program in the country right now. So that's just two dudes alone who are playing some serious football I want to ask you, you know, like I said, you and I've got some opinions. So I want to get some uh, hot takes from you. You know, on this show, we like to throw them out there. My co-host Logan thinks Wake Forest is making the college football playoff this year. So, you know, we're all about throwing out the hot takes. Who do you have in your college football playoff right now if you had to pick four teams? 
I had to pick four teams. Ooh, you put me on the spot. Um, all right, well, I got I'm 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 throwing my Buckeyes in there, man. I bleed Scarlet and Gray. So I'm throwing my Buckeyes in there. Um Honestly, I don't even know, man. Just because of the opinions that I do hold, um, I, I think that the college football playoff committee has some SEC bias. So, unfortunately, I can easily see Alabama and Georgia sneaking their way back in, um, even if one, even if they have to play each other and one of them has a loss. Um, and then maybe, maybe USC, because I don't really see anybody out there in the Pac-12 that is going to be able to, to hold them off the scoreboard enough for four quarters to beat them. So I'll throw USC in there just off the top of my head. You know, and I actually have to say, for putting you on the spot, that is uh, about as spot on of a, you know, group of four that you're going to get. The only thing I would maybe say is if Clemson somehow gets an offense together and goes undefeated, but I agree with you. Yeah. USC would probably be my fourth one there. I have to ask you, too, for your NFL hot take. My co-host, Logan, again, he's like the king of these hot takes. Yeah. So far, they actually look decent, believe it or not. His one hot take was Daniel Jones is going to get a second contract. He's going to mm-hmm. right the ship with the Giants. I mean, the Giants are 2-0. and You got any, like, hot takes that you, you know, feel strongly about for this NFL season? Okay. So, and you, since you pay attention to some of my tweets, I guarantee you've probably seen me say this. I'm not a fan of Jalen Ramsey. I think he's overrated. I'm not going to say he's not good. I'm not going to say he's not good, but I I am not sold on him being this, this demigod of a, of a cornerback that the media likes to talk him up to be. I think he talks way too much for someone that gets toasted as much as he does. I could not agree with this take anymore. I absolutely love it. You know, Jalen Ramsey, everyone acts like he's in the tier of like Champ Bailey or Darrell Revis or Richard Sherman in their prime. And, he's a good corner. I I mean, if he is in a scheme with another good corner, like if you, if you plugged him in in Dallas right now with Trayvon Diggs, excellent. Excellent. But to have him on his own Island with no real other help, you saw it in the Buffalo game. He got exposed. Where would, where would you say, would you feel comfortable with him being your, you know, corner number one? Like if he was in Dallas, how would you put him above Diggs right now? Or. I honestly, man, they, they both play two very different styles because Trayvon Diggs, he's such a – he's a high-risk, high-reward guy. Um, and I Ramsey, here's the thing with me and Ramsey, man. I think at one point in his career, he was, he, was the, he was the guy. Like, he had set the standard in terms of cornerback play. But as the years gone on, his mouth has, has talked more than his game to me. Um, but I, I would probably be okay with him being our cornerback one. Um, I mean, he's still Jalen Ramsey, but I just I I don't I don't see all the hype that that the rest of the world does. And I gotta ask you too, what do you think of Ezekiel Elliott? You know, coming into the year, it was Tony Pollard could end up taking the job from him. Zeke hasn't looked bad this year, but do you still feel comfortable paying him what you guys are paying him? That's a good question. Honestly, man, I've been and I might be slightly biased because he is a Buckeye, but I think. I think Zeke is still deserving. Um, I mean, even last year with him still playing kind of hobbled, um, he still was a thousand yard back. Uh, now, what I do think is that Tony Pollard should get more carries. Um, and you can kind of see Kellen Moore slowly but surely kind of splitting them 
a bit. And I think that helps. Um, and honestly, like you said yourself, man, game one, Zeke had, I think it was like 5.2 yards per carry. And we just didn't stick with it. We got pass happy. Um, and then he didn't look bad against uh, – who did they just play? Uh, the Bengals. Yep. So I got to ask you, you know, because we got college football coming up. We're, we're filming this on a Wednesday night. So, you know, obviously Saturday. I'm going to throw some games at you, and I want you to just tell me who you got winning them. How's that sound? Sounds good. So on this show, we love Syracuse right now. I have been beating okay. the Syracuse drum. Uh, I don't know if you caught their game last week against Purdue. Uh, we had to score a touchdown with seven seconds left to win the game, so they made me look really stupid. Um, so, who you got winning this week, Syracuse or Virginia? Ooh, see, okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go Virginia only because they got a hometown guy in Brennan Armstrong at at quarterback. He's at the helm. Um, so, Brennan, if you somehow see this, keep kicking ass, man. I love what you're doing. So yeah, I'm gonna go Virginia. Go Cavaliers. Well, I'm going to pull a lead Corso on you and just we're going to get our first not so fast already, man. <laughs> listen, I have to have Syracuse undefeated going into that Clemson game. So the upset looks better. So okay. I got Syracuse winning that one. Um, another one that we can laugh at here, the Georgia Bulldogs get their first real test of the season. They play Kent State. You got Kent State winning? Not even close. <laughs> I, I, what I hope is that they score. I'm going to hope that the that the Kent State flashes can get on the board. You know, I will tell you, they played Oklahoma tough for a half, and then, you know, the talent just overtook them. But I agree with you. That one's an easy dub for Georgia. Yeah. Is Clemson on upset watch this weekend? They play Wake Forest. It's a five versus 21. Absolutely. So you would you go all the way? Would you pick Wake Forest? It's at Wake Forest. Or are you still feeling like Clemson might have that one? I'm going to give it to Clemson, but I think – they have to absolutely grind that one out because I wasn't I'm I haven't been impressed with Clemson so far this year. Another top twenty matchup you got Florida at Tennessee. Who you got on that one? This is a tough one because like both teams have shown great stuff, but on the other hand, it's like I don't know. I don't know if Tennessee's legit. I don't. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Florida. They got that quarterback AR-15. That dude is incredible. I'm gonna go with Florida. So I've got just a couple more games to throw at you, and then of course I'm gonna quiz you on some NFL because, like I said, you you've got the opinions on Twitter, so I had to get them from you on here as well. Absolutely. So Michigan is finally playing a team with a winning record. They play <laughs> Maryland. You know that's a tug of Iloa there at quarterback. It does does Michigan blow them out? Michigan's favored by 17. Does Michigan blow them out? Yeah, I think I think Michigan ends up ends up opening that game up a little bit. Um, Maryland's one of those teams they can sneak up on you if you're not ready. They've done it to Ohio State a few times. Um, I like Tagovailoa over there. Uh, I think they got an explosive offense they have for a few years now. But I think Michigan pulls away in that one. Another top twenty-five matchup. You got Arkansas at Texas A&M. Uh, I know the SEC is just you and I feel it being from Ohio the SEC bias, but. Having Arkansas at 10 just seems a little rich for me. I actually like AM to win that game. What do you think? Is it at AM? Yeah, it's at AM. Yeah, uh, I'll give AM that one. I mean, and yeah, I'll tell hard, you, it's hard to win there. I like Arkansas's quarterback. The, the Jeff, yeah. uh, Jefferson, he can run. That kid is a big dude too. Threat. How about this one? Ohio State, Wisconsin. It's at Ohio State. 
Obviously, you and I are both Buckeyes. I will tell you, I'm not nervous about our, you know, defense. I don't think Wisconsin can score on us. I am terrified of Wisconsin's defense, though. See, I, I'm, I'm going with the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the blackout game. I don't think we've lost in those black jerseys yet. Knock on wood. Um, the only thing that scares me about Wisconsin is that running back. Um, I, I saw him last year. I saw a video of him as a freshman squatting like 600 pounds. He's a big physical guy, and you, you know, us being from where we are and us growing up watching Big Ten football, you and I both know Wisconsin stays with a very good running back. Um, so that is the only thing that scares me about this game is us not being able to stop that running back. So I'm going to throw some NFL games at you. You know, we'll start with your Monday night football, your Cowboys and your Giants. I know you're going to pick the Cowboys to win. So tell us why Cooper Rush goes 2-0 as a starter this year. The, why Cooper Rush goes 2-0 as a starter is because, one, not sold on the Giants defense at all. Um, granted, yes, they're 2-0, but they played – one of the most mediocre quarterbacks in the entire NFL in, in Ryan Tannehill. Um, and then they beat, they beat, uh, who did they just play the Panthers? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not sold on defense. I feel like we're going to be able to run the ball pretty consistently. And I think that's going to be able to open up Cooper rush a bit the same way we did against the Bengals. Um, and then defensively, I'm really liking the way Dallas is flying around on defense and we've got number 11. So uh, I think that's going to be enough for us to go to, uh, say for to us to beat them, and I have to agree with you on that. Actually, I know the Giants are two and zero, but they haven't played anybody. They played yeah. two of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. They haven't really played anyone this year, so I actually am going to agree with you. I think if nothing else, Dallas just keeps it on the ground and runs the ball down the Giants' throat. What do you yeah. think about the Vikings and Lions? I actually really do want to pick the Lions to win this game, simply because I wish I could have played for Dan Campbell. Dude, this that. This game looks a lot more interesting now um, only because of the factory of sadness that has been the Lions for the last few years. I'm going to give it to the Vikings, but not by much. Like, it's it's close. And, yes, absolutely, I would have ran through a wall for Dan Campbell. That dude, he seems amazing. I watched the entire Hard Knocks. Seems like a great guy and the kind of guy I want to play for how about this one? You got the Patriots and the Ravens. You know, this one feels like it's going to pretty much tell us if Bill Belichick is kind of lost his lure as one of the best head coaches currently in the NFL. I'm going to give that one to the Ravens. I feel like I feel like they're a very good football team. I, I don't know what happened last Sunday. Last Sunday was like one of the craziest weekends of football I've ever seen in my life across the entire NFL. Um, but I'm going to give that one to the Ravens. And then I'm going to throw one more at you, and then I'm going to ask you for one more hot take, and we're going to cut you loose, man. I appreciate you coming on. So I'm going to ask you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I told you, we're we're opinionated people, so we got to do this more often. You, you, obviously being a Cowboys fan, you told me earlier you're a little worried about the Eagles. They play the Commanders this week. Do the Eagles get to 3-0, and is Jalen Hurts the answer at quarterback for them? For that game, absolutely. Um, I think that that game isn't very close, to be honest with you. So you're not impressed with Carson Wentz. I mean, he's gone over 300 yards in two games. I'm not saying he's, you know, rejuvenated his career, but I do have to admit, I'm shocked he even looks competitive right now. It doesn't 
like surprise me because at one point with the Eagles, like he had them in content, like he had them winning the NFC East, um, and he had them in contention to eventually go on and win a Super Bowl like they did with Nick Foles. So I I know he's capable, and uh, but I just the Eagles worry me this year, man. That offense, Jalen Hurts, he's they're clicking right now. So I, I got them winning that game going away. So, and I got to ask you about a former Buckeye that, you know, has been kind of a hot topic right now, Justin Fields. He's not looked that impressive in his first two games this year. And a lot of people are saying, well, he maybe isn't the guy. My personal opinion, the Bears did nothing to help him. So what do you think? Do you think Justin Fields is getting a bad rap here? Or do you think maybe he really isn't the guy? I think he's getting a bad rap. Like, I mean, we, we watched him as Buckeye fans for two years. We know what he's capable of, but the Bears have had a bad offensive line for however however long, however many years. And really he has no one to throw the ball to. Like his his lone offensive weapon is David Montgomery. Um, so I don't know. I, I think he's getting a bad rep. I think people are probably expecting a bit much to a, a bit too much out of him right now. Um, but I mean only time's gonna tell. Hopefully they can put some more pieces around him so we can see what he's actually capable of at this level. You know, and I've got to ask you, cause you know, we ended your last interview with these two questions. So I'm going to end this interview with it as well, man. First, we're going to start with the advice to the high schooler, but we're going to switch it a little bit. We are kind of getting to that October time and October is the middle of high school football season. And for a lot of guys at this point, you have an idea. You at least have, you know, a good idea of where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, you've got it narrowed down to your last three. I want to ask though, for the guy who has no clue still, you know, maybe he's just continuing to send out the film to the D three schools. What do you tell them about what to do at this stage of the season and how to go about the recruiting process still? Um, similar to what I, I'm pretty sure what I said last time, dude, just stay persistent um, and don't lose faith. Um, I mean, the right school is going to come um, if that's what God has in the plans for you. Um, you know, if, if God has it intended for you to play football, man, the right school is going to come and it might not be what you want, but uh, I feel like later on you're going to find out it might've been what you need. You know, and then I'm going to let you sell yourself a little bit here. Cause like you said, IFL free agency, CIF as well, going to be looking at you. So when the team takes the shot on you, they give you the call, they bring you in. It's year two now, no more rookie season. What are they getting out of your sophomore campaign next season? They're getting a versatile football player who wants to help the team win any way he can. Uh, you're going to get a coachable guy. Um, you're going to get somebody that just wants to win. Dana, it's been an absolute blast, man. I'm going to end it with, are the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I've had an absolute blast having you back on the show. Don't be a stranger. Hop back on anytime, man. But, folks, that's all we got for you this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.